So, retrospectors, what historical events are we ticking off on this week's run of Today in History? Well, Monday is the anniversary of the day Roger first publishes famous thesaurus. Then on Tuesday, we say happy birthday, Mr. Potato Head. On Wednesday, the extraordinary stories of the child soldiers who fought in the American Civil War. On Thursday, how King James changed the word of God. And on Friday, what did spam emails look like in 1978? We discuss this and more on Today in History with the retrospectors. Ten minutes every weekday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, man fans. Ollie Man here with episode four of The Modern Man, uh, which I've called Investing in Booze, because I wanted to do an episode about those articles that I read. I'm sure you read them too, about what to do with your money. Uh, do you buy classic cars? Do you buy classic watches? The bit that always fox me was when it said, consider investing in fine wine, because I'd always think, well, I don't know anything about wine. So who shall I get on to talk about that? I know, Steve in Belgravia. Uh, Steve in Belgravia was a guy who used to call my LBC overnight show at three o'clock in the morning uh, about investing in wine. And I thought, right, he's going to be an interesting bloke. Let's meet him. So I dug up his uh, contact uh, and it turns out actually his name isn't Steve in Belgravia at all. I think that's an alias in case he says something politically incorrect. His real name is Leo. uh, And during daylight hours, he makes a lot more sense. Um, So I met up with him and we talked about his job. He's actually a professional investor in booze, uh, but nowadays he invests in whiskey. Uh, Before we start, though, big thanks to my real champions of the week, Dave, Tariq, Rowan, Chris, Mike, Simon, James and Toby. Uh, All of them bought us beers. Thank you so much, chaps. We really, really appreciate it. Uh, Right. Coming up in today's show, you're going to learn what a bonded warehouse is. Uh, In the zeitgeist, you're going to learn an amazing fact about young Ollie Peart and his near miss with chocolate stardom. Uh, And in the foxhole, you're going to learn about a cabaret performer called Mouse. Uh, who you should not confuse with Disney on Ice. That would be perilous. Ready? Let's do this. On this week's Modern Man. Most people have a bad memory of whiskey. Because they were sick on it? Correct. You're not making any money in the bank. You're not making any money in an ice seat. You've got to diversify. Investing in booze, it's not just buying around. Hey, honey, I made you this kinky film from our private messages. And Alex Fox advises long-distance couples to stay together in electric dreams. But first, it is time for the zeitgeist. Ollie Peart is here to illuminate us and let us know, Ollie, what is the big trend of the week? Chocolate. All right. It is 100 years this year of milk tray. No. Yeah, 100 years. You can hear in my voice I'm genuinely impressed by you that statistic. Look, you look really impressed. I That's really, good. That's I, the first time you've been impressed by anything <laughs> I've ever said, ever. I'll tell you why. I knew that something like uh, the Boost Bar, for example, or the Aero, would be something that would only be possible with modernish technology. Yeah. You know, you can only pump a milk chocolate bar full of air or or caramel. I'm guessing post 1970. Yes, yeah, so you need complex machinery to create those things. And now I think about it, I suppose the milk tray is just a selection of small chocolates. But in my head, I suppose anything other than just a bar of chocolate, the fact that that could be pre-war, yeah, bowls me over. Well, it's mad. Yeah, 1915. But it, but it's, that's not the most interesting thing. The most interesting thing is that you. You, Ollie man, could apply to be the next milk tray man. I doubt it. I don't get out of bed for less than 25 grand. Well, you never know. You could get paid an astronomical amount of money in just chocolates. But you listening at home can apply to be the next milk tray man. I wonder what they're looking for then. Presumably, you have to be able to wear a black polo neck very, very well. It is like a shit James Bond. 
So I think they should take a leaf out of the James Bond book. And, oh, yeah, and make him psychologically damaged like Daniel Craig. No, blonde. Blonde. And then, and Would you like, like him to have an interest in drones and action sports as well, Ollie? And the ginger beard. Yeah. No, <laughs> may, maybe. But I, it, like, the, why is it that the image or the idea of sophistication has to be a man that's tall, dark hair, sort of chiselled? Why can't they be short, blonde? Do you remember in the 80s, this may be complete bollocks and I may have completely misremembered it and it may be an old wives' tale. I vaguely remember in the 80s a story of a black child who said, I auditioned to be the Milky Bar Kid <laughs> and I was told, no, the Milky Bar Kid is blonde and white, <laughs> uh, which is not how the song went. And, and incidentally, I actually auditioned to be the Milky Bar Kid. Fuck off. A true story. Yeah, my, my... Okay, stop everything. Tell me about that. Well, <laughs> there's not much to tell. There's an incredible amount to tell. My par- how far did you get down the process? <laughs> right, so... It was a th- in a, th- a theatre in Soho, I think. I was really young, so I don't really remember. Are you sure it was to be the Milky Bar <laughs> yes, Kid? Or is that just was. what they told you? <laughs> Listen, it definitely definitely was. And then, <laughs> Can you just rotate for us again? No, no, no. It was nothing like that. And I'm was sure no, it wasn't. Like, I was really young. I yeah, was like yeah, eight yeah. years old. Fine, sorry. And you went up and you got given a number. Yes. And then in like batches of ten, mm. they sort of herd you in. Incredible. I'm imagining you... a chorus line style number now, but yeah. for the Milky Bar. And I was wearing, like, my parents had dressed me up, like, vaguely like a, just a, a crap cowboy. So yeah, I well, had, that's like, what the Milky Bar kid was, yeah. Red deck shoes. Yeah. <laughs> nice and jeans and just some hat that they found in, in the loft. I mean, if the footage existed of you as the Milky Bar kid in oh, your audition, I'd pay to see it I now. don't think. Did they, would they have filmed it? I suppose they would. I don't remember a camera Yeah, there. they would have filmed it, yeah. Anyway, what did they make you do? Well, then you go on the stage yeah. and then they just made you, like, do, like, weird things all together. So, like, You'd like go, da, 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 just dance about and basically behave yeah. like a bit of a moron. Uh-huh. And you're literally up there for about 30 seconds. Right. And then they go, oh, yeah, so number nine, it's like ordering Chinese, number 64, uh, you stay, right? And then and then I didn't get picked. Did they thank you? Yeah, and then when you walk out, you just get a big bag and it's just full of Milky Bar stuff. And you get a certificate that says, I auditioned for Milky Bar oh. Kid, signed by the old Milky Bar no. Kid. Do you still have it? Uh, what, the certificate? Yeah. Yeah, got it. Can I scan it in and put it on the website? <laughs> yes. Amazing. Modernman.co.uk right now. Ollie Peart's certificate for auditioning to be the Milky Bar Kid. <sighs> um, but I think I could be... That's my point. I think I could be a good milk tray man. And I don't think that it should be, you know, this uber-sophisticated, like, shiny watch-wearing, weird James Bond look-alike shit version. Why don't they just get someone that's really just different? A modern man, if you will. Or woman. No, because the woman's got the flake market, hasn't she? She's oh, there yeah. lathering herself up in the bath, picking that up her snatch. <laughs> <laughs> they can't have a woman for milk trade. Did you just say what I think you said? No, you, you misheard. Oh, okay. What other trends are hot this week? Well, if you can't, or milk tray is un- not appropriate for whoever. This sounds like a terrible segue. No, it's a good segue. Okay, well, well I'll be the judge of that. Then you could buy Leaves by Snoop Dogg. Uh, okay. Okay, is this something autumnal? Because it feels like we're going into winter. No, so Snoop Dogg, Snoop Lion, whatever you want to call him, yeah. but he's called it Leaves by Snoop Dogg, has released his own line of marijuana. Ah. Yeah. and um, to, For sale, presumably, in, in the States of America, where it is legal for recreational use. Yeah, which just so happens, I've got them written down here. It just so happens, he says. I've it's g- not that he's planning his holidays or anything. <laughs> no, no. And, and I've checked out which countries it is like, 
totally legal to smoke as well. Uh-huh. But in the States, right, yeah. so it's legal in Alaska, Colorado, yeah. Oregon, yeah. and Washington. Also in, for medical use in California. Yes. So Very that, ropey evidence do you need to say you need medical marijuana in California. Like, I've got a bit of a headache. I can't sleep. It's really weird, actually. There's there's this um, this other company that he's invested in called Ease, and E-A-Z-E, and they deliver the weed to your house yeah. but they'll only deliver in within california the medicinal stuff so what you do is you have to have a skype you have to book in a skype conversation with like a consultant and he'll go yeah you look like you need weed <laughs> and, then, and then you can order it so just and if you're laughing to... hopelessly as you talk about your medical yeah, conditions yeah exactly yeah. and then you can order it whenever you like and ease will send you this stuff and snoop dogg's invested in that as well makes sense i mean i'm not going to criticize him you know he's a businessman i think compared to other brand extensions around music stars it makes more uh, logical sense for example marley you seen that stuff i mean no. he's dead and Bob Marley is still selling mobile phone cases. I'm pretty sure even if 10% goes to saving a rainforest in the Caribbean, he'd think that was shit. Yeah. Ollie Pitt, what is your final choice? Hashtag all my movies. You haven't been in any movies? No, I've been in none, but uh, Mr. Shia LaBeouf has been in 27 movies. Has he really? 27 I movies. I can name literally two. Go for it. Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, is that what it was called? That's one, and then I believe he's in one of the Transformers films. Is he in all of them? Don't know. Yeah, he's what definitely in one. What else has Sheila Buff been in? I don't know, but apparently there's 27 films. Well. And what he's done, right, is he's doing this bit of performance art. Oh, God. He's in a theatre in, uh, you know, a cinema in New York, and he's watching all of those films back-to-back in reverse chronological order, and anybody for free can go along and sit with him it's finished now. It finished last week, and they can you can go in there for free, or you could, and uh, sit and, and watch these films with him. And it was over three days. So really, what you're actually doing is watching Shia LaBeouf's own reaction to his slightly execrable back catalogue in real time. Yeah. Do you know what? I actually got quite hooked to it. I did watch it for about ten minutes. What, so what could you? What you could watch him watching it online? Yeah, it's just a live feed of him, a camera on him watching his film. So you get the flicker of all the light from the film, and he's like reacting, going, ha ha ha, or, oh, uh, for, for pretty much three days solid. Uh, what was the highlight of what's the hashtag? Me watching myself? Hashtag all my movies. Yeah, what was the highlight? <laughs> the highlight for me is that off the back of it, loads of gifts have come out of Shia LaBeouf's face <laughs> doing weird different expressions. Uh-huh. And that's great. There's now like an endless archive of expressions that you can use in GIF form. Well, that is useful, isn't it? Yeah. Thank God, past generations died in a war, so that we could <laughs> we could be here and uh, and have yeah. such a such a gift from Hollywood. Yeah, it was such a, it was a worthwhile sacrifice. Good. Uh, as was uh, this last ten minutes of my life, and hopefully yours. Uh, if you've got a trend that you'd like Ollie to talk about in a future edition of the Zeitgeist, people can find you on Twitter, Ollie. Yeah, at Ollie E P O W L I E E P. And if they want to send you a GIF of them watching their own face? Oh, I welcome GIFs, photos, videos, whatever. I don't mind. Careful what you wish for. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe just hold back on that. This show is free to download, but it is not free to produce. We're all doing this currently for nothing. If you're enjoying the show and you would like to buy us a beer to thank us, just head to modernman.co.uk and click beer money. The average cost of a pint of beer in Britain is £3.31, about five US dollars. Using my secure website, you can choose to buy us a beer once or more regularly. If you value independent podcasts like this one and you can afford it, 
then why not sign up to buy us just one beer a month in return for this magnificent show? Uh, and if we ever meet, the next one's on me. Head to modernman.co.uk and click Beer Money. Thanks. Where is your money right now? I don't mean the 40 quid in your wallet, I mean your savings. It's probably in an ISA or bricks and mortar in the form of a property, or quite possibly, given the age in which we live, uh, you haven't managed to save any money at all. Well, how would you feel if I told you that a wise investment might be to spend thousands on booze. Uh, Leo Scott Francis offers his clients exactly that opportunity and he says it's a sound bet. Uh, My first question to him though was what do I do since I don't have a seller? Uh, I order a box from Virgin Wines every three months and then it sits in my garage next to the tumble dryer. Uh, Not exactly ideal conditions I'd imagine for storing fine whiskey. Uh, Well according to him you don't need any space in your house at all. If you're buying a cask of whiskey okay you're going to buy that under bond. And it remains there, and that's partly the reason why, unless you remove it from that warehouse, remember, there's billions of pounds worth of whiskey and wine being traded all the time, but it all stays under bond. Doesn't move from where it is in the warehouse. It will move, maybe in the warehouse, or to another warehouse, but (laughs) if you actually physically drink it and take it out and get it delivered to your house, you're then liable for the duty. But if you st- keep it in the warehouse and sell it within the under the bond, you're not liable to any duty, you see. You know, it's in a warehouse. Scotland, there's 20 million whiskey casks lying all under bond, maturing all the time, constantly maturing. But, of course, people are drinking this stuff. Every 40, I think it's 40 cases of whiskey are transported or exported every minute. And yet you've got some of the poorest boroughs in the country are in Scotland. Yeah. There are people living presumably in council estates above ground where underneath there's millions of pounds worth of casks of whiskey. And well, they don't where we're there. sat now. In Leicester Square? Yes. Under us right now there's casks of whiskey? There's wine. There used to be there's tunnels going all the way. There's under Fortnum and Masons. There's stacks of the stuff. They used to be there for donkey's years. You know, the bonded warehouse over in down in down in um, Wiltshire is the size of 25 football pitches. Is it full of wine? Ammunitions holds from the Second and First World War. Don't want to put ideas in anyone's head, not advocating any kind of break-in. That would be ruinous to your business. But I'm just curious, how well fortified are these places? Incredibly well fortified. Really? Yeah, they have to be because it's 200 metres underground. And it's a secure environment. And why has whiskey gone through the roof? Why is it that we're reading all these things about whiskey being the next smart investment? People keep saying because of the Chinese. No, it's not about that. I think anyone who's listening to this that's travelled outside of their town, abroad, knows that you're not necessarily going to be in a bar in the Caribbean and see a 300, 500, 600-pound bottle of wine. But you absolutely will see a bottle of scotch whiskey wherever you go in the world you will see a bottle of whiskey that's true not right? that's not that's worth the kind of figures you're talking though well no but i'm selling casks i'm selling the whole barrel yeah so i've got a product that not only needs to be put it can be used for blending because remember you've got single malts if you want to try a bit i will entertain you so you've, okay. you've brought some single malt with you i've bought a single malt and what does that mean in the context of what you're saying about mixing well basically blended whiskies yeah like john johnny walker uh-huh yeah 
Bells, teachers. Yeah. The, the, I mean, all of the names that people spring to mind. Most yeah. people have a bad memory of whiskies. Because they were sick on it? Correct. Yes. I actually had that just last year at the V Festival. I hadn't drunk for a month. Uh, <laughs> and I went to the, uh, it was the press area as well, so it was so embarrassing. I was a bit drunk already, and the barman said, what do you want? And I went up to the bar like a twat and said, well, my good man, make me whatever you want. And he made me, I think, is it called an old-fashioned? Well, an old-fashioned is the, one of the trendiest drinks you can have. Yeah, he was really Shoreditch. He was really trendy. Yeah. And it was, it tasted horrible, but it did get me drunk. So I drank two of them in quick succession. And the next morning, I projectile vomited all over the uh, the VIP queue. Brilliant. That must have gone, gone yeah. it, was, it was brilliant. Hero. Yeah, absolutely. So that was at the age of 33. So uh, yeah, it's not even an old memory. <laughs> right. Now, these are sample bottles. So they're like medicinal bottles here. Look, if you can see the colour of that. Can you see the colour of that? Yeah. Right. What colour is that to you? It's amber, I would say. Yeah. Okay. Right. Now, you've got two... Two styles of whiskies, really. Well, you've got different regions in Scotland. You've got Speyside, you've got Isla, you've got Highland, you've got Campbelltown, you've got the Lowlands. Most people have two different ideas. They have whiskey, which is peated, yeah? It's got that I, that TCP smell about it. But you, you told me that you don't drink the whiskey that you sell, that your whiskey is for investment. But aren't we uh, contravening your own philosophy here? No, because what I've done is I've actually sold casks to private clients... But ultimately, the most important thing is with anything is you need an exit strategy. So I'm setting up what we call an independent bottlers. My great-great-grandfather, I found out very recently, owned a huge amount of pubs and breweries in Newcastle. It's in my blood. I didn't know this until about six months ago. So I'm basically, I've decided to relaunch his brand. He supplied troops in the First World War in clay bottles whiskey. And I had no idea about this. So I'm launching my, my brand, which... Just smell it, because the best thing to do is smell it. You don't have to drink it. Have a sniff of it. See what you think. There's a tiny amount of this amber, beautiful amber liquid in the bottom of a... I was going to call it a shot glass, but it's a whiskey glass. It's it's called a Glen Cairn. Uh It's designed, if you stick your nose in it, it's not burning it. No, it's really not. It's, um, yeah... You know, it's funny, There is a. you're probably not going to like this, but there's a slightly medicinal smell to it. But That's the TCP. Right. It's the iodine. It's the peat. It doesn't smell like bells and all the things you were talking exactly. about. Exactly. Single malt. Single malt means it's a, it's a whiskey that's come from one distillery. They might blend lots of different casks together. So you might have 10 different casks, all with the same whiskey in them. And they'll mix them all together and they'll make a single malt. What we're doing is single cask single malts. That means it's one whiskey, one barrel, and you might get 280 bottles out of that barrel. Most of the whiskey in Scotland is matured in X bourbon barrels everybody knows what bourbon is right mm-hmm. jack daniels jim beam woodford reserve okay in america they can only use a cask once well, by law. regulation yeah what they're going to do with it so they ship it all over to scotland do they yes how bizarre so what why aren't they allowed to use it twice in america is it some health and safety thing i don't know it's, it's a reg- there's a regulatory reason for it it's also they char the inside of a barrel it goes over a massive bunsen burner yeah it's called charring there's 20 million whiskey casks in Scotland right now, uh-huh. maturing. The majority of that whiskey is maturing in ex-bourbon barrels. If you imagine a pyramid, the top of it is sherry casks, and about 3% of all the whiskey is maturing in sherry casks. That is the stuff that I specialise in. Okay. So this... So hold on, you were saying, this is all a long tangent about how most people have bad memories of whiskey. Yeah. You're saying this stuff, if I was to knock it back, I wouldn't have a bad memory. I would say that if you try this... To put some water with it, mm. it's not going to be what you think it is. How much water? 
it depends on the individual. Okay, but let's you stand it because this is a thing people never know. You know, they they hear James Bond ordering cocktails. They don't know what the hell to ask for when they go to a bar and they order a whiskey and the barman says, "Do you want it mixed? Do you want it on the rocks? Do you want water with it?" They're just like, "Yeah, yeah, whatever." That's probably where people go wrong a lot of the time, isn't it? What's the right ratio for you? Right for me, I'd say three 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 quarters whiskey, a quarter maybe water, but. It's up to the individual. You don't really want to put ice in a single malt, yeah? It's all right with blended whiskies, but, you know, of course, if you want to, do it. Yeah. We're not snobs. I don't think it's important. There's not one right... There's no right or wrong way. It's what you like. Fine wine appreciation people are snobs. They are, to a degree, because you're not going to mix a really, really good bottle of wine with Coca-Cola. Sure, but I... Although you can if you want. And if you've got the money and you don't care, then great. But ultimately, what's the point? Yeah, no, I understand that. But what I admire about what you've said already this evening is you've said, you know, this is mixed in a barrel that had port in it and that's why it tastes of port a bit or it has an interesting flavour or a different colour. That's a legitimate reason I can understand. Fine wine people are like, oh, I'm getting hints of rosemary, I'm getting hints of lavender, I'm getting hints of the seaside. I mean, that's bullshit, isn't it? No, because... If you... Tell me what you smell in there. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's the problem, isn't it? I'm going to say something wanky like, yeah, sunny afternoons or something. No, no, it's not that. What it is, is... Yeah, no, but you do get creative when you start saying what does it smell like. Once you understand a product... But people don't say that about Fanta, do they? They don't say what does this smell like. It smells like fizzy orange. Well, it does, but this, this stuff, right? You smell this. It's got it's got grassiness to it. It's got honey. It's got vanilla. But it hasn't actually got honey and vanilla. It's, it's, it's no. But those those noses in there are in there. Those smells and scents are in there. There's you've got to remember. It's a wooden car. It's come from an oak barrel. It's been maturing in there. Mm. It's, it's so much is coming from that. So much flavour is coming from that. Remember what's been in it before. It's had sherry in it before. Mm. It's been transported across the Mediterranean maybe two or three litres of sherry still in it and then it's been maturing in a warehouse it's a living breathing thing so it's if it's depending on where that cask is in that warehouse where it is if it's up by the sea it's gonna you're gonna you're gonna get hints of saltiness really yes of course because it soaks it up okay but the honey you're not actually getting hints of honey well i am try it you might not like this yeah, it's is gonna, but it's not going to knock my socks no, off. It's not going to put hair no. on my chest and all It'll that. Put hair on your chest, will it? Better. Sixty-three point two percent. Just have a sip of it. How many? <laughs> it's cask strength. Sixty-three point two percent. Yeah, it's proper whiskey. What's the strongest percent you can get on a supermarket? That's about shelf? the stretch. Well, you can buy cask strength Abalawa in Waitrose, and it's sixty percent. Well, I don't. You, you won't. This tiny little bit of liquid that I'm about to put in my mouth, what's it currently worth? I can't tell you because it's in a barrel, but a barrel of that probably set you back £6,000. Okay. No, maybe a bit more, actually. This 500-litre cask probably cost you about £6,000, £7,000, maybe a bit more. £6,000, £7,000 for 500 litres? Yeah. Basically, this mouthful of whiskey probably would cost me a tenner, more or less. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe around about that. But what I would say I is... I just wanted to know before I... No, you know, no, but, but one thing I would say is... In the last two years, the price of this stuff has gone up way over 10% a year. Just wet your lips and see what you think. Okay. It, it, yeah, it's, re- <laughs> it's really strong. Yeah. 
it's doing that thing where as soon as I've tasted it, I feel the warmth going down sort of almost into my heart, my lungs, my stomach, warming up my throat. Yeah. It's not giving me that kind of fire-breathing thing you get from your supermarket whiskey, though. Okay, now, you st- I'll tell you a story. That has been matured for four years in a bourbon cask, mm-hmm. ex-bourbon cask from America, mm-hmm. and one year in a port cask, an ex-port cask. And that's why it's got that slightly pink colour to it. Mm. And it's from the Isla region, and it's knockout. For me, it's knockout. It's, anyway, it's, I mean, it's I different. can still taste it. Yeah, you so will I, do. So I knocked it back drink some a minute water. ago now. I don't want to drink some water. I don't want to clear it from... I mean, it's enjoyable, isn't it? Yeah. It's got a long finish on it. It's got Exactly. Like fine wine. If when you drink fine wine, same thing. You taste it, you let it breathe, you get a nose, and then suddenly you've got this thing that just goes on and on, and you think, what, actually? And you notice the difference between that and a bottle of Jacob's Creek. So, I, I mean, if you're listening to this and you're not going to invest in wine, but you want to sample something that's relatively affordable that might be hitting the same kind of notes that I'm getting off this, yeah. what would you go and buy? Glen Farkless. Glen Farklas. Glen Farklas or Glendronach. 15-year-old. Those are very good whiskies. And how much, how much do they set you back? 40 quid. Okay. 50 quid. Okay. You'll notice that there's been a huge amount of press and publicity about whiskey. Yeah. And about the growing demand globally for this product. So imagine you can buy the actual barrel in its entirety. And, and you've got to be patient. Look, if you sit on these things, and I can say from experience for maybe three, five, ten years... And you put lay down. I mean, a cask of whiskey can pick it up for two, three thousand quid. It's mm. not actually that much. Most people buy stocks and shares. They go in at that level. Your listeners, if they're at, I don't know what age bracket they are. I know what I am. I'm forty three. If you can't scrabble two or three grand together, fair enough. But if you can, you're not making any money in the bank. You're not making any money in an IC. You've got to, you've got to, you've got to diversify. But you don't put all your eggs in one basket. We all know that. Mm. But if you enjoy this sort of product then it's really worth having a look well, at. Well, and the return is much Healthy. greater in, in likelihood. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you straight. Over the last five, six years, the price of bottles has gone up about 450%. Have you ever looked at any of these sort of things before? You obviously hear about them. You read about them. Have you ever thought about it? I don't think I'd have wanted to meet up with you if I wasn't tempted to invest in it, yeah. I think it's because everyone likes the idea of money for nothing or being clever and making an investment that works. But I think people also like the idea of investing in something tangible. And weirdly, despite the fact of all the things we've been saying, it needs to be in a bonded warehouse, you probably won't get to taste it. Uh, Most people realistically aren't going to get to look at it. Uh, It can be traded via someone who possibly you've never even met at the end of the phone. And all of that, weirdly, that's still more tangible because it's a thing than banking is. Judging by what we're seeing, by the way the prices are moving up, I think the clients that hang on for that three, four, five years will do very well out of it. Based on what I've seen, I don't think it's unrealistic to see at least 7%. I think if you start talking 15s, 20s, 30s and all that sort of thing, I think it scares people off. It's a bit too rich. However, I'd rather under-offer, over-achieve. We're creating something and I think given a, give, it, give it another year or two. And it will be more and more popular. You'll read more and more about it. And I think, well, I think we're uh, on the right track. And, and you're th- going to become a client. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have a go <laughs> anyway. You to supply me with enough alcohol so that I do. <laughs> <laughs> so, Leo, if people want to find out about your business, where are you online? The Whiskey, spelled W-H-I-S-K-Y, remember, no E. Yeah. The Whiskey Market, ltd.com. What's the minimum investment someone can make, actually? Two thousand pounds. That will buy you a cask. Okay. 
Obviously, there are charges for storage, but that's insurance included. They always say, what's the worst case scenario? Well, a leak, which you're covered for, or a nuclear war. If there is a nuclear war, you will go into the bunker and drink the whiskey. Please tell me you're not going to still leave it there. Of course I'm going to. I'm going to be in that bonded warehouse getting heavily involved. (laughs) Hopefully with all my clients. (laughs) It's time for our weekly trip down the foxhole. Alex Fox joins me as ever. Hello, Alex. Hello, you glorious human being. What have you been up to this week? Uh, I've had a a very adventurous week, actually. I spent my Monday being host and a judge for the Sexual Freedom Awards, the 2015 Sexual Freedom Awards. Is that the pass that you get when you get to 65? Yeah, you can get on the bus and you can be done up the bum for free. What are the Sexual Freedom Awards? What are the categories? They are a series of awards which raise money and awareness for a charity called The Outsiders, uh, who are concerned with trying to give better accessibility and education to people who have uh, disabilities or other special needs. Oh, actually, so well, not that far off a Freedom Pass, really. Yeah, well, maybe that, that's not how they'd like to phrase it, no. no but, but yeah, they make sure that people who, who are differently abled or have, who have non-standard bodies are still recognised as human beings who have sexual drives mm. and who have a right to be sexually satisfied, the same as everyone else. So It sounds like a very noble do, cause, but what an astonishing world we live in where there's an award for that. Well, there's all sorts of awards. There's awards for strippers, there's awards for performers who are challenging particular taboos or performers who have disabilities themselves. There's awards for people who are um, doing various forms of sex work from people who actually perform erotic massages on those with disabilities to folks who've developed specific new sex toys to cater for people who, whose bodies are, are different. It's really fascinating. That is absolutely fascinating. I mean, like I say, the idea you could win an award for wanking someone off in a wheelchair is incredible, but amazing that they're doing it. What was even more incredible was some of the performers, in particular one called Mouse, who closed the show, and the front row who'd seen her before brought umbrellas. Wow. Well, you've, you've opened my eyes as ever and we haven't even got onto the question Just of the week. Just don't open your eyes too wide if you go and see Mouse because you might get some unfortunate regurgitated fluids in your peepers. OK. The question of the week is from Robin, who says, Alex, do you have any tips on how to keep internet sex fresh and fun in long-term, long-distance relationships? The usual dirty texts and occasional semi-nude Skype sessions are getting samey and boring and unarousing. This is a tricky one, isn't it? Actually, it's not that tricky these days. I mean, it depends on how long Robin and his partner are away from each other. I think it can be very, very challenging. But you were going to say it depends how long his member is. You know, if they're in different continents. <laughs> can it stretch can all the way from the UK to the US of A? <laughs> uh, well, actually, it sort of can these days. Right. Have you heard of teledildonics? I can kind of guess where you're going from both the way the word is formed and also your area of expertise. What's your, what's your guess, Ollie? What do you think teledildonics are? A vibrator that's connected to the internet. Ta-da! Yeah. Gold star! 5,000 million points! You got it right! Are they um, any good, though? They are brilliant these are days. They? Yes. It's like everyone talks about virtual reality and, you know, all Oculus, and then actually you try it on, you know, and it's a £10 headset from the Science Museum and it hurts your nose. Well, Is it, it a costs like a lot more than £10. It's going to take you more than a few crisp notes to afford one, but they uh, are affordable okay. these days, and I have tried one. Not by putting it inside of me, but um, I've, I've put my finger in one. That counts, doesn't what, it? What is it? It's a pair of two sex toys. I think there's only one company currently producing them called Kiru, 
One is called a pearl, and that's essentially like a vibrator. And the other one is called the onyx, and it that's more like a... It's kind of like a fleshlight, except... They're both linked up to each other via, I believe, Bluetooth and the internet so that when the woman uses the vibrator and inserts it inside of herself, mm. any movements that her body makes are automatically replicated by this fleshlight, tubular-style male masturbator that the guy uses. And they can be used from any distance. I mean, I've got a new iPhone 6S. All right, show off. Yeah. <laughs> that vibrates when I get a text message. Couldn't you just stick that up your fanny? Uh, well, there are, there are other things that you can do with your text messages. There's an intriguing service called Send Me Your Sexts, uh-huh. where you email or you, you forward a series of the sexts that you and your partner have exchanged to essentially a slightly wacky, arty pornographer who then hires actors to act out what you've been chatting about. So you what? can essentially make a porn from the sexual text that you've been exchanging. Yeah, so that's, that's another thing that weird. maybe Robin could do. I mean, what, there, there you go, Christmas gift idea. <laughs> hey, honey, I made you this kinky film from our private messages that we've been sending back and forth on our iPhone 6s. A lot of the stuff you see now is stuff that obviously the person, when they were sitting in front of their camera at home, did not intend to be shared with more people. But then you wonder, how has that got there? Has that got there because their boyfriend or girlfriend has leaked it? Or has it got there because the person they were speaking to wasn't the person they were speaking to at all? How well, safe is leakage, it when you're having video sex? The leakage now, so to speak, um, if somebody on purpose leaks your or shares uh, some intimate material that you have made with a partner that, on the understanding that it wouldn't be shared with other people, that is illegal under the, the new laws pertaining to revenge porn. However, if you say get your computer nicked mm. or your phone stolen or something, it's a lot more difficult to make sure that the recorded material that you've exchanged with someone you really trust doesn't fall into the wrong hands and at worst end up on a website being shared with millions upon millions of people. There's a woman from the United States who has loads of interesting things to say about porn and the sex industry called Violet Blue, and she's actually written a book that's all about keeping yourself safe online and what to do if that situation crops up. So she's one that's worth looking up to do with that. Okay. Well, whilst you're on the internet, the other thing you can do, of course, is send Alex a question for a future edition of The Foxhole. What do they have to do, Alex? If you head over to Modern Man, that's man with two ends, .co.uk, and hit the feedback form, then you can send me any question that's on your mind. And you can choose to remain completely anonymous, should you you so wish. You can. You can can refrain from using your name, or you can tell me exactly who you are. Also on the website, Ollie Peart's certificate from when he auditioned to be the Milky Bar Kid. It is real. Check it out. Modernman.co.uk Whereupon you can also leave us some feedback or buy us a beer. Uh, Whilst you're there, click the links to subscribe to the show on Pocket Casts or TuneIn or RSS. Uh, And if you use Apple, it's iTunes.com slash man. Please leave us a review there. It's a really great way to spread the word. Even if you're not in Britain. Uh, If you're in a country, actually, that isn't Britain and you leave a review you on iTunes, then I will make you an international ambassador for the show. Uh, this is a concept I've shamelessly nicked from Nate Langson's excellent podcast, Text Message. Uh, so, for example, homage to Gorto. You're my first reviewer in Canadian iTunes. 
Uh, you kindly posted a five-star review there to say that the show doesn't drag and it doesn't feel like we're glossing over our subjects. Uh, good to know, and also good enough to make you the official Canadian ambassador to the modern man. Congratulations. Also, everyone else, remember, follow us on Twitter, at the modern man, and me on Facebook at facebook.com slash ollieman. Uh, theme music for the show is by Django Django from their self-titled debut album, and this is what we're listening to this week. It is Double Visions by Mini Mansions. It's out on the 27th of November on Fiction Records. Uh, Mini Mansions are touring the UK next week. I've been Ollie Mann, the producer, Mr. Matt Hill, and we'll see you next Tuesday. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip (laughs) off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.